For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Evolution Network right here on you on uh talk show. I am getting my wires crossed. It has been a heck of a morning. Uh, yeah. Welcome my co host today, Mr. Chris Ransom, as we have been going through several little uh technical incident, and hopefully we have got them sorted out. Not well, what I did this morning, I just realized, instead of using the usual .mov files, I used the .mp4, because I tried downloading the .mov files last night, and it wouldn't let me upload the .mov files to my iMovie. So maybe that's the issue, because when I did the interviews with prospects, and I'd done tape last week, I used .mov files, but they weren't working, so I used a different video conversion file and it, it, I, I guess that's what may have affected the audio. I don't know if that is what affected the audio, but I am going to try to re-download that as a .mob or a M4V or something, because I used MP4 and we didn't get the audio we wanted. So I am going to try to re Audio, we wanted nothing. We didn't get any audio and the lag was so bad it wasn't even worth that's working at. I mean, which from MP4 to uh, mob, because I use .mob and I like it the most, but the .mob files were not downloading, they were not working properly, so I'm actually going to download them and see if they actually work, and if we can actually get this going later through TeamViewer, because we have what we want, and if, and if the issue is that I download, downloaded the wrong audio file, that is an easy fix, like not the audio file, but the video file. If I downloaded the wrong video file, that's probably what that's probably what created today's incident. We better hope. I mean, that's yeah. my hope. Yeah, and so we're going to be, because of this, we're going to jump right into, and because you're white. Yeah, we're going to jump right into Cedric Wilson here. He is the wide receiver from Boise State. He is he is someone who is very athletic, really dynamic, but he does have some issues. Uh, one of those issues, he does round off some of his routes. He is not a crisp route runner. Uh, he rounds some things off. He does, uh, like, I'm watching, as we speak, I'm watching some tape on Boise State. and. He's not showing a lot of strength. He rounds off his routes, but he showed some good hands. He's explosive. And so, like, this is what we do, folks. Like, we'll literally be on the call and we'll still be watching tape as we go. So, and, yeah. Yeah, fine I bet whole... you get a Cedric Wilson video that if you're, you think you know everything about Cedric Wilson and you want to 
watch someone else, also check out Archie Lewis, the, the right tackle for Boise State that I've been hyping up since the preseason. So try to watch both of them. So if you're watching Wilson and having no problems with that, watch Wilson and Lewis and try to keep up. Because that's what a lot of scouts do. If there's two prospects on the same offense, they'll try to watch both of them so they can kill two birds with one stove. But if you just want to watch Wilson, then watch Wilson. That's what I'm trying to get to in the beginning of the the first recording, which worked well when we just had the picture in the background. Yeah, and something that I'm finding here with Wilson, the more I watch, is that he's very good at finding holes in coverage. And he, I've seen a couple plays here just with Oregon by itself where he'll find a hole where there's just nobody around and he'll stick in that hole, um, and he or he will run to that hole, and all it really takes is for the quarterback to be looking for him looking for a hole, because if there's a hole anywhere near his size or over the middle, he's probably going to find it. Good news. The dot mob videos are now working again. Dot mob was not working last night. It's now working again. So. I'll know in just a few minutes if the co- correct video file is up, and I might be able to watch tape of the player, like record the voiceover as we're on the call here on TalkShoe. So, well, that's nice, but it doesn't do anything for who we're scouting. You have said almost nothing about the guy I'm we're scouting. The wide receiver. He's number one on Boise State. I've watched the tape. I, 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 whenever I could get these clips and have to condense them, I have to watch the tape. I have yeah, to watch but the you, you haven't is. said anything about the guy. It's like I'm sitting here watching. It's like I've been giving these people a bit of a visual. It's like, come on, Chris. You know, it's like you can worry about that video. You've got another 15 hours today. Quarterback Rippian is horrible. Like he underthrew a ball five yards his way. He, he throws the wrong target, makes the right read, makes the wrong progression. Brett Rippian is not a very good quarterback, and he's one of those 2019 QBs that will be back next year. And without Wilson and Archie Lewis, Rippian's going to be completely exposed. Like, What, what does that have to do with Wilson? Wilson it, 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 it illustrates Wilson's impact on the team. You talk about this all the time when you try to teach me and educate me. And then when I try yeah, to bring but, it up, but here, it works but here's the, other the way. thing. But here's the thing. He does have that type of impact to make the quarterback better. But what are we looking at? Because like you're getting made, at the place where you're talking about the quarterback and only the quarterback. Well, you're talking about the quarterback and only the quarterback. You have to be able to bring it back. You have to be able to bring it back to the receiver. Yeah, I'm trying to point out how Cedric Wilson, he gets open on a play, and the quarterback doesn't throw him the ball. Like, if he was on the same team as Brady or Breeze or Big Ben, they would have gotten him the ball in that play. That's what I'm trying to say. Then why didn't you say it? I just said Condi- it. Condense yourself, Chris. I mean, condense yourself. Use less oxygen. I mean, it's better for the environment. Uh, yeah, you and I both know that's not true. But... Cedric, you know, back on point, Cedric Wilson is one of these guys that 
he has the potential. I do not see him as a big game changer, so to speak. Uh, he's a vertical threat. There's no doubt about it. He finds holes in the defense extremely well. He's got really nice hands. But I don't see him as this big player, so to speak, as far as... I I don't either. I have a third-round grade on him, and I got... He's in the Senior Bowl and the Shrine game, and I have a third-round grade on him at the moment. I don't – and that's the only reason I have a third-round grade on him, because he had a big big Shrine game, big Senior Bowl week. I think those two factors are solely what got this guy in the day two conversation. Like, if he has a bad 40 time or he bombs at his combine, he's back in day three just like that. But Lazard struggled in the Senior Bowl. Winecki didn't have the best shrine game week. He didn't show the athleticism of his, uh, a, a guaranteed day two pick. I still have him going late day two, but Cedric Wilson also impressed in the ESPN skills competition on ESPNU. You know those skills competitions where you saw D'Angelo Williams yeah. back in the day? They brought those back, and Josh Rosen won the accuracy competition in that. So, yeah, but I, I want you to uh, help look, this team win. I, I, yeah, because um, – like, he completed the obstacle course faster than Isaiah Oliver and a lot of other players in that thing. Yeah, and I want you to look at his concentration levels. Um, against Washington State, for example, you can see a lot of times when he's running, the corner will be right on his back, that he's always looking back. He's always looking for the ball. And oftentimes he does have half a step on a corner. Uh, even as much as a half, even as much as a quarter of a step on a corner, he seems to be able to find ways to get just enough separation, even against the faster corners. Uh, number three on uh, Washington State, I forget his name. Uh, he is a pretty fast corner. And he is a guy that he was staying with Cedric Wilson pretty pretty strong, pretty tight throughout the game. Okay, I've got but, the video working again, and I'm just narrating okay. the play. Like, okay, that's again, so, and I've got the plays from the Virginia game loaded up, and I'm watching those, and he just makes a nice cut, makes the defender miss, and gets a huge gain against Virginia. But a lot of these are just drag routes, screen routes, they're basic routes. Now, an offense like New Orleans or New England can get the most out of him, but if he goes to a team like Cleveland where, or a team with an unproven quarterback like the Jets, it's going to be a disaster. I think it really comes down to the where he's going to end up because a team that has an elite quarterback can get a lot out of this guy. Yeah, and even I think it's even the scheme itself is probably going to be more of a detriment than anything because – he isn't a great route runner. He does round off his route. The His biggest, he's got great concentration. He's got good speed. But he needs a lot of work on his route running. He's got good hands. You can see it in the tape. You watch the tape. He's got good speed against Oregon in 2017. 
you can see him beating cornerback the cornerbacks. You know, he gets a step on the cornerback. He's able to get around them. He's able to work with them. And if he uses his speed to an advantage, he's pretty good on double moves. Uh, because one of the things is he rounds off so badly that you almost think that this is just another route, and then he uses the speed to cut that straight back up. So on an uh, slant and go route or uh, – He's wide open, but he doesn't finish his route, and it leads to Rippy at almost throwing a pick. Well, that's one of the things that is – I was saying earlier how he finds an open spot and he goes to it. You have – when it comes to that, your rapport with the quarterback has to be – almost completely perfect because that means you're running basically nothing but option routes. Option routes here and there are great because they leave the defense guessing and it shows a strong trust and strong rapport between quarterback and receiver. But he does it almost to a detriment because if you are not like – Peyton Manning and Marvin Lewis and the ability to basically read each other's minds or Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin in that respect, you are going to be in trouble because if you run option routes that much, you're going to lead to things like, you know, the oh, he broke off his route, didn't break off his route, he just saw an open space and was going to it, and the quarterback threw it to where he was supposed to be. And that leads to a little bit of difficulty, and you can't have that much freelancing. It's a good skill, but he does it far too often. He does. Yeah. So... That is the big thing. So and when scouting, that also brings to a degree of difficulty that you have to try to figure out. Did he break off his route? Did he slack on his route? Or was he just finding an open hole to go to? And so... you got to ask scouting yourself those questions. Yeah, so that's also going to lead to a little bit of questioning from scouts because that makes him harder to scout as well. So you're going to have to see more from that. That's why the combine is going to be so important. That's why as the senior bowl was so important. And that's why the combine is going to be so important. All his pro days. Like and every everything. single step of the process because Ryan Switzer was a round seven pick heading into the process, but he aced every single part of the process and he worked his way up to round four. Because people are saying he doesn't have athleticism. Well, he's got great route running, great technique, great everything else on tape, doesn't have athleticism. Falls to day four, one pick before I projected him to go to the Packers in my mock. So that's the thing. How is he gonna is he gonna ace the process step by step like Yeah and North Carolina because he is so good at adjusting. He's so good at adjusting. He's got such good hands. And he knows he how to miss with his agility. He That's does. Um, yeah. 
but it's like I'm watching the Oregon film. And it's like yeah. I'm, I'm just I just got this thing on constant loop replay with his film right now. And yeah, he's yeah Oregon. That was one of the that was the final game we had streamed, but that's not really important. What's important is there's a lot of big plays that he makes in that game. He had ten receptions, two hundred yards, one touchdown, easily his best game of the entire year. And some of the catches he makes in that game are acrobatic to the point where they wow you. He makes first round receptions. I mean, that's what he does in the Oregon games. That's just one game of film. You look at the other tapes that I streamed, I, I got the Utah State tape. He faced uh, cornerback Jalen Davis. Virginia's got Quinn Blanding. They usually have good corners. They've got Micah Kaiser. they got a tough defense, and they just had their way with Boise. And then you look at San Diego State. they got a 6-2 corner that's actually bigger than DeMonte Kazee, last year's prospect. So I picked those games, but we couldn't get the San Diego State tape to even load on iMovie. So we picked those games because we figured those games had the most competition for Cedric Wilson. Yeah, and the thing with Oregon is something that I've seen from this and a couple other games I saw uh, a little earlier was that he's not physical. If you body him up, you take away that element of speed, you take away the quickness. Like, he was running a double move. Uh, I think it was against Washington State a little bit that I watched a little bit earlier. And when he got there, the cornerback bodied him up a little bit, didn't fall for the double move. You know, he ran into the cornerback. And instead of, you know, using his hands to get through, they just kind of ran into each other. Yeah, he got – he made the catch because his concentration and hands are just that good. But the ball was thrown inside. It was a bad pass to go along with the – it was a bad pass to go along with the botched route because he couldn't use his hands. And he ended up having to dive inside. He made the catch against great coverage. But it was something if he would have been able to make a sharper cut instead of rounding that off, he would have gotten up the sideline and if they would have thrown it deep, he probably would have had a touchdown rather than have to make a diving catch, hope not to tear a hamstring because of the angle. Believe me, that was the same angle I tore my hamstring on. It isn't fun. Um, make a diving catch and then, you know, still be second down, you know, or not first, not second down, but first and 15 rather than a touchdown. So, I mean, that's uh, that's something he has to work on. He's got to get – if he had his routes better and used his hands better, he would be a – probably be a day two pick because, you know, you can't – you know, he doesn't have the strength that you need, but he's consistently good at what he does. And so what do you think about that, Chris? I think that – is a very accurate assessment on 
his tape. I do have a day to grade on him, but that's only because he caught more passes during the senior bowl week than Lazard. You can argue just based on experience, Lazard's the better prospect. And Lazard went around too, despite the bad senior bowl week of our group mock because of his size. That's another thing working against Wilson. He's not one of these six four targets like Cobbs or Lazard on Tate that's just gonna wow you with his height. He is an average size receiver, but he makes big plays at critical moments. He also struggles to make the simple plays. So those are two things you're going to have to look at when examining the tape. Yeah, and that, you know, unless you are on a team like the Browns or on a team that historically had poor quarterback play, I would say that um, – if you're going through this, you know, you want to you have to make the simple plays. Because the simple plays are gonna come along a lot more than the big plays. Now, once you get the simple plays down because the simple plays and the critical moments, those are gonna define your career. Because if you execute those simple plays and critical moments, you're gonna go on to have a historic career. And if you don't execute those simple plays and critical moments, well, you're going to be like Wes Welker. Wes Welker had a very productive career in the regular season with the Patriots, but he had a lot of simple routes in Super Bowl 46 against the Giants, and he dropped passes in that game, and that led to his career with the Patriots ending, and it led to Julian Edelman eventually replacing him. Yeah, and he had a good career after the Patriots. But... He had a good season in Denver, and Peyton Manning is a slot receiver, but that was the peak. He really yeah. fell off that year. Yeah, it's like he ended up doing a very nice job in Denver. Uh, still had a lot of catches, big game, always found his holes. Uh, he's a lot like Wilson in the fact he always found the holes in the defense, and he was able to make such connections with guys like Brady and Manning mentally to where they just knew, hey, look for him. doesn't matter where he is, you know, just make sure you get him the ball and make sure you're making eye contact and all this, that, and the other. Just don't throw it where he's supposed to be. Make sure you have that eye contact with him. Make sure you have that connection to him, know where he could be against this defense, this defense, this defense, so on and so forth, and throw it to where he's most likely to be. And he was there. Uh, it was just he had... He didn't have longevity. I mean, he had some knee issues. He had, you know, he had a couple concussions, I believe. And I see a lot of Amendola in uh, Wilson. But at the same time, Amendola was a little bit more mature on the field. And that uh, being mature on the field... That's something that will come to him. I mean, remember, Amendola, I think he got cut by Miami. So it's not like, you know, he went in there and was perfect, you know, when he first got into the league. So that maturity will come in time. But will he be as successful as Amendola was and avoid the injuries that Amendola did? That is what you have to really question at the moment, because we don't know that. Yeah, we don't really know that, like you said. Yeah, what do you think about the comparison to Amendola? I mean, 
it's funny. We both bring up Patriots receivers. I brought up Welker because of the Patriots' history in the Super Bowl with Welker. You brought up Amendola, and Amendola is a lot like Welker, but he's also a lot less durable. He might be more reliable as a pass catcher, but he's also a lot less durable, and he bailed Brady out a lot of big plays. He had a very good year this year, but it was his contract year, and I don't know if the Patriots are going to bring him back unless he comes back on a discount. It's only $10 million in cash. I don't know if we'll bring him back. We got Cooks and Edelman and Hogan back. So I don't think Edel, Amendola is coming back to the Patriots for that reason because he's earned the right to get 7 to $8 million a year. And I just don't think the Patriots want to pay that to bring him back when they've got Edelman, Cooks, and Hogan. He's, an ex, he's a great receiver, nice guy, great work ethic, outstanding work ethic, I might add. But I just don't think the Patriots are going to bring him back. It's a business. And – that's the unfortunate circumstance in this situation. Yeah, when you, you know, like you said, it's a business, and uh, and if you end up having the a business, you have to look at is a receiver who's starting to get to the place where he's either going to be in his prime or a little bit past his prime with injury history, uh, going to be able to. Do you want to pay him eight million, ten million a year? And the question, and that is, what if he blows out his knee again? Uh, what if he gets another concussion? Then you're looking at it you as know, like, should I have paid him this much, or we're going to pay him this much, but we're going to put uh, special commendations in there? And yeah. so, I mean. It's it's kind of a juggling act when talking about NFL contracts because there are so much more like in baseball it's like oh you have bonuses and yeah. like baseball, stuff you know in football you have all kinds of different things performance bonuses you have injury you know stipulations you have all this other crap. Osmer is still on the market. Arietta is still on the market. They're getting like they want one hundred sixty. Teams only want to go up to 150, but they want 160 because Boris is feeding them that they're entitled to this much. And the teams know they're not entitled to that much, which is why no one's caved in yet. And football, it's not like that at all. You get what you give in football. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see Cedric Wilson turning into that type of player, but at the same time, can he avoid injury? Can he get that maturity? and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm going to... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently getting the .mob file for the Kazir White tape ready to go. I've got the Cedric Wilson tape for Virginia done. I got a quick clip of the recording from this show in the Virginia tape, and I said for the full synopsis, go to the Evolution Network, added the logo for that, added the talk shoe logo, marketing that, and we're just going gonna to go with that for Cedric Wilson just to save face. Might not be the best uh, idea, but that's all we can do at this point, really. Well, that's nice, but in the end, get, I have to the, know, what is your draft outlook for Cedric Wilson? I have a third-round grade on him, actually. I, I actually mocked him to the Dallas Cowboys in round three as a depth player. Because I had Deontay Burnett there, but Burnett dropped a lot of passes in his bowl game. 
and Wilson balled out this bowl game, and I think there's a window of opportunity if he continues to ace the process like like um, like Switzer did last year. I think there's a real window of opportunity for him to jump Winecki, for him to jump Lazard, for him to jump Deontay Burnett even. Maybe even Justin Watson and the pen receiver I really like. There's a window of opportunity for him to jump those guys. At the same time, he's not in the top tier of wide receivers in this draft. He's not in the same ballpark as Anthony Miller. He's not even in the same ballpark as this number two tier of receivers, like Gallup out of Colorado State, like Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M, like Cortland Sutton out of uh, SMU, Calvin Ridley, Alabama, Simi Cobb, Auden Tate. He's not in the same ballpark as those receivers, Joey, and I think that's pretty obvious from the tape we've studied today. Yeah, he does have more deficiencies than those guys, and I do agree uh, a third-round to fourth-round grade is a good spot for him because he has great potential, but at the same time, you also have to look at He's got a lot of stuff he needs to work on. His routes are not great. Um, and that's the main thing. His routes aren't great. His strength isn't great. And he often takes the initiative a little too quickly, which can put his quarterback into trouble. Uh, taking the initiative is great, but doing it all the time, that's going to put your quarterback in trouble. So we don't want to see him putting the initiative all that much. So I think a third or fourth round grade is a nice spot for him, and he very well may end up um, being a very good player in that uh, sense. Now, moving on to our second player for uh, today, we are going to West Virginia, and yeah, I'm actually got the for Utah ready to go, and I can break that down as we're on the call here because that's the only game of Kazir White I could find is the Utah tape, and I was getting ready to download that tape for this segment while we were still talking about Cedric Wilson because, yeah, we had technical difficulties earlier, but right now is a window of opportunity to save face, and I'm going to capitalize on that. Yeah, and my trusty, does, my trusty uh, spell checker decided it did not like me. So like with the- I'm... Trying to I've had look up some... too, Joey. Like when I'm typing in Kazir White's name, the Z goes before the Y. We all know the Y goes before the Z, but no, the spell yeah. checker like to correct it and put the Z before the Y. And we all know Z is the last letter of the alphabet. And boom, I'm not impersonating Caliendo because you don't want me to do that on your show. So let's no, get the it, White name. Well, let's get the no, nobody away. wants anybody impersonating him anyway because this is just terrible. Um. So, yes. Yeah, so I mean, I'm gonna get but, the um. I've got the Kazir White thing downloaded. I'm just I'm just importing it to the iMovie. Um, loading the Kazir White, and I'm just importing that. Yeah. 
and and see if it imports. If it doesn't import, there's really nothing we can do. But it is importing, well, and while that imports, I don't know how long it would take, but while that imports, oh, really, it's going to take 20 minutes. You know what? Forget it. I'll have to do a <laughs> white film session on my own. It's like, okay, well, here, we're here's not, the... We're we're, 20 minutes. Guys, we're just going to bring that side down and get through. Okay, well, because Kazir White, 6'2", 216 pounds, he's got good size. He did go out and play at a community college for a while, and he does have a good lineage in the NFL with brother K. Ron White, who was a former Bears receiver, and uh, another former Bears receiver would be his brother, more widely known, Kevin White, former first-round yeah. pick. Older brother, so, that's like the thing you'll see on yeah. the West Virginia bio. It's true, yeah, though. And he, and he has, in 2015, he broke on the scene with three interceptions, four pass breakups. Uh, in 2016, he had three sacks, seven for tackles for a loss, and five pass breakups, two forced fumbles. So he was all over the field then. And uh, yeah, then he had this last year, I believe it was 94 tackles for seven and a half of those for loss with three interceptions before pass breakups, along with two fumbles. Uh, he is a very good tackler. Now, if you look beyond that, you go to the tape, he is very good at filling the hole. And that's something yeah. you want. He's played up at linebacker. He's played back at safety. Well, it is you know he's got... You know he's got the ball skills because he's had the interceptions, he's had the pass breakups, but what you have to realize is he can play these different positions. Now, I think the best position in the NFL would be strong safety. Yeah, uh, it's one of the it's games notes from multiple people saying he's a strong safety. Nick Campbell yeah. of Miles Tuttle, who retweeted my Archie Lewis quotes at the preseason, he pointed out how Kazir White, yes. He's versatile to line up at both safety spots. But the thing is, he doesn't play like a free safety. He plays like a strong safety. You can line him up yeah. with a free safety, have him blitz to throw your, throw the quarterback off, but he plays like a strong safety. And the Breezes, the Tom Brady's, they will pinpoint that and pick him apart. Like, yeah. they will pinpoint it's that from a mile away. And Ryan Romero came to the same conclusion when he sent me notes. So you're looking yeah. over some of the notes and the cool visuals that we added, and I know they're awesome, but the point is, Kazir White is probably a projected strong safety. And I do think he has yeah. the upside to develop into a Pro Bowl player, but Ryan actually disagrees and thinks he's a very good starter, but he could be a Eddie Jackson type of player if he's in the right role. Because that was the thing with Eddie Jackson. All he could do was play zone coverage, but Chicago runs a cover two scheme, and that cover to scheme is something Eddie Jackson is good with, and they are using him correctly. So that's yeah. the, that's Ryan's thing with Kazir White. He's got to be drafted by the team that's going to use him correctly. So you can see where both of us are coming from with this. Oh, yeah, and that that's the way it is with a lot of players. You'd be surprised how few players can play at a high level of both man and zone because these guys are trained – 
in one or the other. They had to develop the other situation. And he is more of a good, I believe he could also play as a slot corner. Now, that is not his natural spot. I think the fact that, as we know, the NFL is getting to the place that it likes combo safeties. It, they like to draft combo safeties more often than they do at one spot, so I think that hurts it. But there there are going to be teams like Cleveland who have had to play um, Peppers out of position at free safety simply because they didn't have the strong safety they thought they needed. So... Yeah, that just that's one team eliminating from I believe New England is gonna be a team that is gonna be eliminated because they don't have a need for a single safety. You know, they want people who are more versatile. So, I mean, in this respect, I believe that his he's very good at what he does, but you know, when you're very good at what you do, but that scope is just like Wilson is limited, then you're going to have limited suitors, and I think that's going to hurt his draft stock as much as anything. Yeah, it's like even though I have a top fifty grade on him, I can see why you'd regret taking him with the Browns in the third round in our draft thing. Also, I can see why Brian or Nick Kendall or whoever has a round three to five grade on Kadir White. I can see why some people like me believe he's got that Pro Bowl upside and is worth a second rounder, but I can also see why other people think he's a third or fifth rounder. So really, his draft range is rounds two through five. Well, you have to remember, Chris, I was making that choice after working eight hours. So it's like, that's also not really the best time to make a choice either. But the I think Kazir White could develop into a good free safety, but he's going to have to develop those cover skills. You know, he, he's good at coverage. Because right now, at this point, if we were to give him a Madden rating, it'd probably be a 69. But I do think he's got the potential to be a player who's rated 90 down the road with the right coaching and the right development. You're not just going to have to yeah. coach this guy. You're going to have to develop him. But the, the upside's there. Nope. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, he's shown good ball skills. He just needs to work on his open field coverage skills because like, I, I remember the Texas game. If anybody watches the Texas game, um, he did get beat a little bit in the open field in coverage because he was either trying to follow the ball or – doing something else, and he just, I mean, he was good in zone and open field, but in man in the open field, he didn't do quite as well, and you have to do better as a free safety there. Right now, yes. he is strictly a zone safety. You've got to be like, Ryan points out he's not a ball hawk corner. He doesn't play man press. Zone. No. He, doesn't, he doesn't dominate in coverage. He's good in zone coverage, but he's outcome dependent on that. So that's going to yeah. limit him right now. Yeah, it's like once once you develop those instincts in man coverage, I mean, because that is basically what it is. It's see him on the outside, 
he's always looking at the quarterback. He's never looking at the receiver. And that's a big problem because he's playing outside quarterback. Uh, and he's looking at the quarterback all the time. As a free safety, he's got good backpedal. But in zone, you can have good backpedal. You can anticipate. In the, but when you're in man, first guy you see coming deep, you can't anticipate where he's going to be. You have to react off of what he does. And he doesn't seem to react in that situation because if you anticipate, oh, look at that, there, there's a touchdown. Because you weren't in zone, you were in man, and you anticipated what's going to happen instead of reacted to what is happening. So that is something, it's like the reaction, it's like you, you would say about, I know you might have some listeners that watch uh, professional wrestling. Well, back in the territory days, you know, you didn't have this choreography. You know, they did everything in the ring. And the old saying was, professional wrestling isn't acting, it's reacting. Because everybody would react to what the other person did. And if you acted, you were going to get yourself hurt. So this is what it is. You are not acting. You are not anticipating, you are reacting in man coverage. And it's like, same example, when you're, say you're a boundary corner, you are running downfield with your receiver. You don't turn your head toward the quarterback until the receiver turns his head. Why? Because the receiver turned his head. Is that receiver going to catch the ball if he's not looking for the ball? No. So what reason do you have to look for the quarterback? When that receiver turns his head, that's when you turn your head because that's when they're going to be expecting the ball. So that's when you – and that's something that he has a problem with. It's like he's always watching the quarterback. He's always trying to anticipate, and you can't do that. You have to react. Yeah, exactly. You have to react. And that's the thing. One of my favorite qualities about Kazir White is he is a hard-hitting safety. He might be the best hard-hitting safety in this draft. That's the scary thing. Like, Oh, yeah. He, 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 he plays like a professional well. wrestler. When it comes to his hard-hitting, this guy is vicious. He knows how to execute his hits and time his hits. He, he, it looks like he's a professional wrestler on some of these plays. I mean, that's the thing I noticed, and that's the thing Ryan and I both agreed on. And he looks for hard-hitting players more than players who are dominant in coverage because he wants to coach the coverage up. But that's the thing. That's the that's the huge plus with Kazir White. But there are well, some weaknesses. The with thing him. is, though, he well, yes, he does hit hard. He also wraps up while he's hitting hard, and, and sometimes he misses when he wraps up too. And that's, that's the drawback. So that's, the, that's one of the drawbacks. And I don't think he has 4-4 four, four athleticism. I think he has 4-5 four, or 4-6 four, athleticism because I saw in the Utah game, I saw him get beat because he didn't have athleticism. So that's something you got to look at. And the final thing I'd like to point out is I don't think his awareness is where it needs to be. And what I mean is I was watching the Utah bowl game and he knocked over his teammate four times in the first half. I mean, when I did the first film session on Kazir White last night, I was doing come-on-man voiceovers because it was that brutal. 
And if I'm saying come on, man, about a prospect four times in the first half, that means they're going to be a project to a degree. Yeah, and, I mean, a lot of that awareness you can also see when he's in man coverage. So it's not like that doesn't carry over. He is always trying to compensate for that awareness by seeing what's going on, when it's going on, where it's going on, so on and so forth. So that brings a little bit of an issue. And so with that type of thing going on, I mean, he has the potential to be, I do see the potential to be an all-pro safety. I see the potential to be an extremely good free safety. But he has to get his awareness in line. He's got to stop with the anticipation. He's got to start reacting because that's killing him. I think a lot of the reacting, or I think a lot of the anticipation is because, as you said, his awareness has not developed yet. And so it may just be a thing of he has to get with coaches that are going to work on his awareness. And when they get his awareness in tune, he'll stop with the anticipating in man coverage. He'll stop watching the quarterback. He'll stop doing all this that he's not supposed to. He will learn. But he may be one of these players that is just saddled to a strong safety position. And then, too, he may be a player like Charles Wilson who is able to, like a lot of cornerbacks have trouble transitioning to safety. He may be like Charles Wilson here in a few years, where or Charles uh, Woodson here in a few years, where is like, oh, you want me to play safety? Okay, I do it. Whatever he may have that type of work ethic to where he can he'll be able to seamlessly transition to that position. So I mean, right now his raw talent, what he does well, he does excellently. But he's extremely raw in some key areas. So, honestly, we're going to get to draft outlooks on this guy. I'm going to give him a second to third round grade. Because I think that what he does, he is excellent at. He's probably the best tackling safety in this draft. As you and Ryan said, he's probably the hardest hitting safety in this class. Uh, He has good athleticism. He has good backpedal. He has all this stuff that you need. He sits low. He's always right there. But his awareness, his need to anticipate what's going to happen, and all these other things that he has going on, this is where he has the trouble, and this is where it's going to hurt him most. So I'm going to give a second to third round grade And right now I'm going to say he is a pure, strong safety with potential to be a free safety. Yeah, I I agree. I I think he is 
I, I just still feel like leaving him in the top 50 simply because there's so many teams in the market for a safety. It's not a good safety class. I mean, you've got three guys who could be blue chip safeties and Derwin James, Deshaun Elliott, and Ronnie Harrison. But at the same time, with a bad combine, a bad pro day, they take themselves out of that conversation and move down to route two. And maybe I am overhyping these safeties to a degree because there are flaws with Derwin's tape. There's flaws with Ronnie's tape. People think that Elliott out of Texas is going to have a bad 40 time. So maybe I am overblowing this to a degree. That being said, after those three safeties, I think the best safety in this draft is because you're white at this point. But again, you've got Justin Reed, the little brother of Eric Reed of the 49ers. You've got Jesse Bates, who Jeremiah has been hyping up as a top 50 guy, the same Jesse Bates that John Butts actually suggested we watch a few weeks ago. So, And that's getting a lot of traction in the draft community right now. It's like if we had watched him last week instead of Lauletta, the guy John suggested, we would have beaten Jeremiah to the punch. So, Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's like right now it's – Lauletta was a better hit spot. So I'm not going to fault you or John for that because he was a senior bowl MVP. It felt like the right time to go back and watch his tape. So, yeah, so, and we made that as a group decision because I wanted to watch Laoletta too. That was a group decision. So I'm not faulting yeah. anyone. It's more of a regret rather than it's not. It's not even part. a regret because you know we're we're still young. We still got you know. As a channel, it's like, not like Graphytopia where we got 50, 60 listeners a week, something like that. So, I mean, we're still growing. It's like people will listen the closer they get to the end of the week or yeah. the end of the draft season. So, I'm not really too upset with that. The Yeah, and the other thing Tony Mario suggested as well, let's just focus on, instead of typing these lengthy paragraphs, six-paragraph mock draft write-ups or six-paragraph videos, just make it one or two paragraphs, but add the video and then put all the in-depth stuff in that video. And if that's the transition Graphytopia needs to make in order to separate ourselves from the pack, well, guess what? We're going to adapt and make that transition. Just watch. Do you think we will? I, just watch. I put one or two lines. It's like most draft picks don't need a lot of explanation. Anybody who knows anything about a prospect will be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. I mean... If we just like, want to find the paragraph and then we just put the tape in and put all the in-depth detail-oriented stuff in the tape, people can watch the tape, they can get through the article quicker, it's more enjoyable for everyone else. Yeah, so that being said... We are out of time here on Draft Outlook for this episode, and I thank Chris Ransom for stopping by, and we will have details on the next prospect coming up here in a couple days. So please we join us again. And for Joseph Potter and Chris Ransom, this has been Draft Outlook. Stay safe and have fun.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.